Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. What's up, Open Floor Globe? I'm your host, Michael the Pod Peanut, and I'm joined on the other line by my good friend, Sports Illustrated staff writer, Rohan Nodgurney. Rohan, Happy New Year. Um, Before we get to the emails, before we, you know, joke around a little bit, before we have some fun... I wanted to take two seconds out of the top of today's show to appreciate DeMar DeRozan, a.k.a. this year's best offseason signing, who was labeled the worst offseason signing by a whole bunch of lamestream media pundits. DeRozan, (laughs) over the weekend, hit two game winners in two nights. Unprecedented stuff. I was fortunate enough to witness the second one live. It was glorious. The first one was the most casual and confident three-pointer I've ever seen in my life. This, like, one-legged, beautiful piece of art over poor Tory Craig. Uh, you and I were texting about Damar, which kind of spurred um, part of this conversation and this idea. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts about Damar DeRozan right now? And particularly, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but just, like, the angle of... This guy who was just lambasted when he was signed by the Bulls, and now he's going to start in the All-Star game unless he gets injured. Like, it's it's pretty amazing. Well, I actually have – I do want to spend a, a minute on this just because okay. I think it's very interesting. First of all, I can tell how excited you are to talk about how right you are about this because you wouldn't even let me get in my banter. You wouldn't – you weren't <laughs> even trying to – you weren't even trying to bury the Miami Dolphins. You said, no, no, no. Let's jump right to it. I got I to gotta tell everyone how right I was. Well, it's funny, Mike, because we were texting about this over the weekend. And if we could just zoom out for a second, like – the nature of this business and like the nature of doing a podcast is sometimes you just have to have like conviction about your opinions in a way that maybe you normally would not. Like, it's really funny. Like, in real life, I like the Utah Jazz. I love Donovan Mitchell. I love watching them play. <laughs> I watch, I watch almost all of their games, but then, you know, you come on a podcast and like sometimes you have to just have like conviction about an opinion or you're arguing something with someone. So you might have a little bit more aggressive of a take than you normally would that's like the nature of this and i think but the one thing i think you and i always do in good faith and take really seriously is our writing that's kind of a a different art and it's funny because over the summer i went back and looked at our text mike it was august 3rd that was the day DeRozan signed with the bulls and i was writing the free agent grade for it and i was really torn because I think DeMar had some success towards the end of his run in, in San Antonio. He was 
in fact, not even playing the way he's playing now. He's playing more power forward, doing some different things. I've always liked DeMar DeRozan. And we were texting about it. I remember saying, I'm going to give this grade, I think, a C plus. And you were like, no, no, it's got to be higher. He was really good. And, you know, I think if you go back and look at my grade, I wrote, like, this is the going rate for a 20-point-per-game score. Um, I think I wrote, like, the offensive skill in the Bulls starting five is going to be great. I think I wrote that he's a really good fit next to Caruso and Levine. But the, the reasons I hesitated were the on-off trend with him. And, you, you know, we brought this up when we were texting each other. This is how nerdy Mike and I are. I was like... For 10 straight years, the guys' teams have been better with him not on the floor. And you brought up the Spurs and Raptors had really good benches. But I still think on some level that was an indictment of DeMar. And, yeah, I just hedged. I was like, I don't know. I think the Bulls will be improved, but he's got to prove it. And he's having just one of the all-time prove-it seasons. But there are a lot of people who are way more harsh about it. And like you mentioned, people who are like, this is the worst signing, the worst contract. A lot of people who have since eaten crow about it. What I want to know from you, Mike, because you were literally there from the first second of the signing, from the moment I texted you the day he signed, you loved it. What made you so confident? Why did you think this was going to work out? I think he's probably even exceeded your expectations. But what? Yes, yes what, I'm not going to lie. Why were you optimistic in the first place? How come you like this signing so much? So to be 100%, okay, so there's two things. The first thing is I watched the playoffs, and I saw how important the mid-range is and how much mm-hmm. we've shifted towards if you can't shoot the three, you're garbage, and you don't mm-hmm. belong anywhere. I saw people saying he would have to come off the bench on a good team, and I was like, yeah. okay, that's just not accurate at all. Yeah. The second part of it is I watched so much San Antonio Spurs basketball last season because I wrote a feature about DeJounte Murray. Mm-hmm. And I feel like nobody watched the Spurs <laughs> last season. Yeah. And I don't I'm not criticizing anyone for for doing that. I, like like they're the San Antonio Spurs. They were pretty boring. Mm-hmm. Um but if you just watched DeMar DeRozan play like he had it all offensively. He just didn't shoot threes. And he's a, his his playmaking, his vision, the way he operated out of pick and rolls. The way he was so efficient in isolation, which I feel is very important, like being a good, efficient isolation scorer, almost like if you can get in your bag, create your own shot um, um, at a really high level, at a high volume, I just think you're a really important player who deserves to be paid like when mm-hmm. he's getting paid. So I was optimistic for those reasons, and then I saw you know some of the other pieces that they brought in, and I was like, oh, the, all of this is very complimentary. Mm-hmm. He's going to have space to operate. Vooch is you know a floor spacing five. P- playing him with Ball, uh, Levine, and Vooch is could not be, a, I think, a better situation for him. Right, and I think that the the area where you made a really good point, like yeah, his on offs are terrible. I think a part of that is because the Raptors and the Spurs have have had really good benches. Mm. But also, his defense has been atrocious his entire career. And that is a factor in why teams are better when he's off the floor. And this year, he's playing defense. Yeah, the Bulls Bulls in general are playing way better defense than anyone imagined. Right. And, you know, I did not see that coming. I don't think anybody Mm -hmm. saw that coming. If you watch DeMar Rosen play defense now versus what he played two years ago last year, it's just it's kind of night and day here. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I just I I'm I'm a little surprised by Mm -hmm. I didn't expect him to start in the All-Star game. And none of that. That's not like definitive yet. Like he could maybe not start. Mm -hmm. We we don't know. Um, He probably will, I think. Mm-hmm. But I did write a column before the season began with the headline was like, DeRozan's going to be an all-star again in the mm-hmm. Eastern Conference. And I believe that. And so it's, it's just really nice to see yeah. him thrive. And he's one of the cooler dudes in the league. Um, has had this reputation because of how he plays, because of the playoff struggles in Toronto, because of him going to the middle of nowhere in San mm-hmm. Antonio where no one's paying attention to him. It's just really cool to see him be awesome in a big market, revitalize one of the saddest organizations in the league. And 
I'm just really enjoying it. So wanted to shout him out, yeah. and um, it's all in good fun, making yeah. fun of the people who <laughs> were wrong about this. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just hope that we can, like, uh, as a uh, – uh, a group and a collective of NBA observers and analysts appreciate a little bit more diversity in. Yes, in the, in the I agree. I, that's a big thing of this for me. It's funny you brought up the mid range. Like we've definitely reached a point. I mean, we saw Jimmy Butler have forty five points in a finals performance. Where I don't think he hit a single three, and it was, you know, probably the best performance of his career. Um, there is something we said about. It's not just that, like, you shouldn't shoot from the mid-range. It's like you shouldn't do it if you're not good at it. And DeMar DeRozan's really good at it, even if he's got someone draped all over him. And beyond that, I think the biggest thing is you mentioned just kind of appreciating more. It really is just like some people won't let themselves enjoy a basketball player if, like, there's not definitive proof that they're somehow helping a championship contender or, you know, like, DeMar DeRozan's fun to watch. Like, whether or not it's, like, it was inefficient in the past or whether or not in the past, like, it wasn't effective in the playoffs, he was always really fun to watch. Like, most players who can score over 20 points a game are doing something right. So it's uh, it's it's sad how some people let kind of the – and this is going to sound like such an anti-analytic statement, like – Mike, like you and I are using those same stats in every single story we write, but it does feel like sometimes people let the the numbers kind of color whether or not they can appreciate watching someone. And that's just never been me. Like I talk about this all the time when I talk about Haslam or whoever, but I, I grew up loving the NBA because I the what the players can do is so entertaining. And I feel like sometimes people just lose sight of that so quickly. And it, it's a bummer. So shout out to DeRozan. I, I sent that tweet. It's a win for people who love watching basketball. Like he's just been fun to watch. Yeah, shout out to DeRozan. Okay, I'm I'm very excited to to start today's show now officially. Um, before we open up the mailbag, though, to answer honestly some of the more creative and enjoyable questions I can remember in quite some time. Uh, One of them was really to... mean. I'm just going to point that out. One of them was really mean. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know which one yeah, you're referring yeah. to, and I, I can't wait to, to dive into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, a quick reminder um, to all of our wonderful listeners to please keep your emails coming to openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Um, I've been debating. There's this email I did not include in uh, the outline. I've been debating whether or not I, I should read it. Um, and you know what, Rowan? I think I'm just going to have to. I, I think I'm oh. going to have to. It, it, it's representative of, of one of dozens of emails that we received on this very top, topic. Um, <laughs> Interesting. I have a feeling uh, this is not uh, going uh, to be addre- flattering for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it addresses a particularly egregious statement that you made <laughs> on our last episode. Well, let's hear uh, it. That offended, <laughs> it offended thousands of listeners all over the world. I'm literally. sure, because we got a tweet about someone saying they wanted to swing on me. And I could tell I said something egregious because honestly, I didn't even remember what it was. But I was like, I'm sure, I'm sure I offended someone. So, so this is a, an actual email. This is an actual okay. email from Chris. Chris, okay. who writes in, "Dear Michael and Rohan, great show, <laughs> and wishing you both great success in 2022." I'm glad it wasn't just me that was offended by the Jalen Brown THT. <laughs> 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 Jalen Brown, T-H-T-Y, the Y is for Y League comparison, as Brown dropped a 50-piece, likely right after listening to the episode. <laughs> Meanwhile, T-H-T-Y put up his patented two-for-seven shooting performance <laughs> and has not hit a three-ball in almost a month. A West Coast T-H-T-Y might exist, but it ain't J-B. Um, so cheers from Chris. Thank you, Chris. That was a wonderful email. I, you know, I have, I have, I have dozens of similar ones. We don't need to, sure. to linger I mean, on shout this. Out, shout out to everyone who took the bait on the Jalen Brown THT <laughs> comparison. I mean, that's a win for me. I don't I Just was, creating sleepless nights. I, th- I think um, it was a very obvious joke in the moment. I'm pretty sure we both laughed right after I said it. <laughs> um, 
literally, I think like nine times out of ten, I bring up Jalen Brown on the on this podcast. It's to annoy Mike. It's with an unflattering comparison. Um, yes, I think I've all, I think I've time. also said many times like he's like one of my favorite people in the league. Like I desperately would want him on my team if I was starting a team. He'd be one of the first guys I want just for so many reasons. So. Yeah, Jalen Brown is great, but shout out to everyone um, who took the bait uh, and was upset about that comparison because that was the point. So. Okay, um, let's I also, get to I a real. It, I also think it was like Cookies Hoops that account that tweeted it was like uh, Jalen Brown leads a thrilling overtime win against Gary Harris and the Magic. Um, we don't, I, you, you know, <laughs> uh, no comment, <laughs> no comment on that. Did you see what? Did you uh, see what Steve Kerr said last night after that Heat Warriors epic in San Francisco? No. What did he say? This is quote Steve Kerr after the game. That was a testament to Heat culture. That was just straight Miami Heat basketball. They've been doing this for so long with Spo and Pat Riley over the last two decades. That was one of the best performances I've seen from an undermanned team. Raise the banner, Mike. Raise the banner. That's what we're talking about. Right next to, is Dan Marino's jersey still retired? Yes. Put it right out next okay. to Okay, we'll, we'll put it right Marino's, next to that. Baby. Right next to Dan Marino, Michael Jordan, Vashawn yep. Leonard. Anybody else whose who's numbers are retired? I'm pretty sure Vashawn <laughs> Leonard. Vashawn Leonard might be like a quarter South Asian or something. Don't fact check me on that. But he's an absolute legend, bro. So don't be careful bringing up Rashawn Leonard. That's all I got to say. Okay. Uh, I think, honestly, that our listeners are potentially starting a drinking game every single time that you mention heat culture. So we don't want anybody to be inebriated for the rest of this episode. (laughs) So we have to move on quickly. Um, That wasn't me who brought it up. That was Steve Kerr. (laughs) That's actually you who brought it up, but... We neither here nor there. We don't need to quibble. Um, our email. We have an email from Thaddeus. It was in typical Thaddeus form. Um, the length of a novella. I'm shortening it here. <laughs> um, to this concise exercise, which I loved, and I actually texted around to people who have no affiliation with this podcast to see if they wanted to take part, um, and got a lot of really fun responses, but. Thaddeus writes, imagine trying to create the worst possible supporting cast around LeBron and Anthony Davis. Then imagine you also have to spend $65 million to create that supporting cast. So for this exercise, um, I I, I asked you, Rohan, to pick four, maybe five players. I personally picked four that make a combined $65 million that would be even worse complimentary pieces around LeBron and AD than what Le- Rob Palenka has has wrought on the Lakers fan base. And do you want me to go first and list my four players and then we can get into yours? Or how do you want to do this? I'll go first because I can tell that you took this a lot more seriously than I did. This is the question that I, I thought did. was mean. This is the question that I thought was mean. Um... Yeah, I uh, listen. This has been a tough Lakers season. No one can deny it. I, in no way, am I trying to denigrate the players I'm about to list. It, this is purely about which players would not fit next to LeBron James. Um, that's all that. That's all that this was. Again, respect to all these people for being in the NBA. They all play roles on their team. They just play a bad role on this team. Okay. Oh, wait, so can I ask, when you say mean email, did you mean it was mean to Palinka or mean to the players that we were going to Mean to the players that we're going to be enlisting. Okay. Okay. I I thought you were thinking, I thought you were referencing Palinka and I was like, I I disagree. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. You go ahead. Go first. Okay. So, I mean, I just picked like one of the worst shooting teams that I could figure. um, And I'm going to have LeBron play at small forward because that's what the Lakers like to do. So I went with um, Russell Westbrook still on the team. So it's like $44 million right there. This is also rough math, okay? If someone wants to add it up and it's a little bit less or a little bit more, I don't care. Um, okay. Uh, Mason Plumley at center. Um, uh-huh. And then Kobe White as the other guard. And Onyeka Okongwu as uh, the other forward. 
Um, yeah, that's that's a bad that's a bad team mm-hmm. for sure. Um, can I read mine now? Because I'm just chomping at the yes, bit. Yes, I know. I could tell. Okay, you didn't even. So you didn't I, even, you didn't even. You weren't even thinking for a second about my team. You're. you're I, was, I see you I staring at your. I see you staring at your roster on your screen. You could I could have named four presidents there, and you would have been like, "Yep, that's a bad team." Okay, can I go now? My eyes are just like in the matrix <laughs> when it's just the <laughs> the green. Letters right, right, right. falling down. That's just what is happening to me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Number one, De'Aaron Fox making $28.1 million. By the way, this basically comes out to exactly $65 million. I used a calculator. Um, number two, Julius Randle making $19.8 million. I, I, I thought about putting Randall on my team, but I wanted to keep Russ on there, so that would have got me at like $63 million already. <laughs> uh, number three is uh, controversial for myriad reasons. Um, Tristan Thompson at $9.7 million. Uh, yeah, uh, just um, not, not a great fit on the basketball yeah. court. And some people have called very you the sloppy Tristan individual. Thompson of podcasting, Mike. No one has ever called me that. And frankly, <laughs> that is highly offensive. I <laughs> hope the open floor <laughs> listeners come to my defense in form of many emails. Um, so Tristan Thompson just, you know, uh, can't space the floor, lost a step defensively, barely in the rotation <laughs> with the Sacramento Kings. Um, and like I said, very, very sloppy person off the floor. Uh, and number four, and I use this salary because it fit very neatly in making this exactly $65 million. Not a total indictment on this player, although he does not really fit great next to AD and LeBron. It's TJ McConnell who's making $7.5 million. I think he's a fine player. Actually, one of the better defenders at his position. Really steady backup point guard. People just do not guard him when he does not have the ball. And he would not have the ball with LeBron James on the floor. So I don't even know how he would function. Again, not an indictment of him. Terrible fit next to LeBron. Uh, so that's my, I guess, my team, my <laughs> my supporting cast, my little rotation there. Um, this was a very fun one. I, I really enjoyed this, uh, this exercise from uh, Thaddeus for bestowing it upon us. Um, and yeah, frankly, like the point we should just give the the, the point here of the email is that Rob Palenka has just been disastrous and uh, here's, had here's his job. A, and I, here's, I, no, here's go ahead, where I push, push back on that a tiny bit because I've definitely been a Palenka critic in the past. You're gonna blame I, LeBron. I mean, I think Palenka built a really really good team in 2020, and then. I mean, it ca- I don't know if the Drummond signing he was pushing forward or whatever, but they just lost the plot when they did that. They treated Gasol poorly, basically drove him out of the NBA. I mean, Schroeder was a great pickup for them. I mean, that made a ton of sense. He was really good his final year in OKC. You've seen how well he's played in stretches for Boston this year. That team just couldn't figure it out personality-wise. And then you see LeBron is, you know, hosting free agent meetings in his cigar room this summer. And, you know... Couldn't get DeRozan. Couldn't get DeRozan. Like, did he... Does he remember the tape of the Rockets-Lakers series? Like, he's not even guarding Russell Westbrook. It made no sense to me why he wanted to play with them. And, I mean, I have no reason to believe the reporting in that athletic story is not true. And, I, I mean, if... If LeBron pushed for them to get Russell Westbrook over Buddy Heald and made Polinka go back on that trade, I mean, some people could argue, I mean, it's a GM's job to manage responsibility, etc. But, it is. I mean, it is, <laughs> but let me just say that's a lot easier said than done when the personality you're trying to manage is LeBron James, okay? It's not... Uh, no, it's, been f- a, it's fair. It's, it's, it's fair. A, a struggle for front offices throughout his career. He puts a lot of pressure on them. So, and if he's telling you, I can make this work, uh, are you going to not listen to LeBron in that scenario? I don't know. So, I don't, it's not that I think Polinka is blameless. 
It's just that I don't think it falls entirely on his shoulders. I think even beyond the Russell Westbrook trade, and look, like, I don't know what exactly goes into all this with the, the pieces around the margins and all that, but, like, if you just look at the players that the Nets signed, the players that the Warriors signed mm-hmm. on um, no doubt. veteran minimum no doubt. contracts, it's like that's a that's a huge part of what makes you a really great GM and just like maybe letting Caruso go was out of his control because of ownership that's been reported which is sad frankly yeah and i mean um, for what it's worth they they did try to sign Patty Mills and he chose Brooklyn sure um Rob Palenka used to represent Andre Iguodala Andre Iguodala is not like the the end all be all he would have been helpful in yeah. LA he just like bro Max Struess would have been helpful okay <laughs> <laughs> they just right. got so it, yeah it, it, yeah it, it's just like yeah we can go i know we it's a punching bag situation right now yeah. and apologies to lakers fans who are sick yeah. of hearing it but it just it, it i feel like it needs to be said because i mean it's a uh, bummer they're wasting another great lebron season that's what it comes down to it's just it's gonna go to waste and that's a lebron's shame, been right? terrific too yeah he's been he's been ridiculous so yeah. shout out to shout out to him this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, let's move on to this email from Steve. This was another really fun one. Uh, Steve writes, Gentlemen, I saw the report about the proposed midseason tournament, and it sounds terrible. Has Adam Silver never heard of NBA rings culture? No one cares about winning anything except the Larry O'Brien trophy. That said, I think the idea could be tweaked to make it work by addressing one of the biggest weaknesses in the NBA the lack of team rivalries. With so much expansion, it's less common for the same teams to meet deep in the playoffs multiple years in a row, and we're left pretending that Hawks-Knicks is a rivalry because Trey Young took a bow (laughs) at midcourt. It's not the same. (laughs) Don't tell Knicks fans that. (laughs) Here's my idea. Expand in two more cities, let's say Seattle and Las Vegas, so that NBA has an even 32 teams, Then divide them up by geography into four eight-team divisions. Next, structure the playoffs so that if my reborn Seattle Supersonics want to win a title, there's only one path. Win the Western Division to reach the Final Four. Every year, we have to face Golden State, Phoenix, the Lakers, and the rest. Year after year, high-stakes games featuring the same teams. Now, Steve then explains uh, a tournament that is um, very complicated, but essentially (laughs) adopts... I I read this on a Sunday, and I was like, nope. (laughs) Closing my laptop and going for a walk. (laughs) Shout out to Steve. I mean, I'm just not going to read it because... Uh, it is it's it's pretty granular, but essentially it adopts a point system that's similar to how the NHL functions. Um, and the, the the point of what Steve is really trying to get at here is like, in general, would a midseason tournament that could create actual NBA rivalries again be worth it? Do we need that? Um, so thank you, Steve, for for this thought provoking uh, <laughs> email and question, and for spending so much time. Thinking about this, I think it's really, uh, really fascinating, really important. And I I personally don't know if I agree. Yeah, I, I love me. rivalries. Mm-hmm. I love rivalries, I want to say. And I do think that the league misses that and it would be super fun. But 
the way that the NBA kind of exists right now with free agency and the length of contracts, even though the same teams would be playing every year against one another, that's really no guarantee that the same players right. or even the same and stars the team, would be what there. If the, what if the teams are bad? I, I Here's the thing. I see everyone kind of uh, dumping on the midseason tournament idea. What do you want the league to do? Because are you enjoying this regular season? Like, is anyone enjoying this regular season? Every night I just see tweets about how chaotic this season is, and that's no offense to the replacement players who stepped up, basically keep the league alive. But, I mean, the basketball hasn't been good, and I see people getting upset about the midseason tournament's bad. What do you want the NBA to do? They're in a desperate position. They realize that the regular season is just fading in relevance. It's fading in ratings. People aren't watching. They need to do something. I, I don't hate this idea. I don't know why people are so upset about it. And like, yeah, the idea that they're playing for an extra million dollars, I do think that's going to mean something to a lot of players. That's like a season's worth of salary from some guys on the end of the bench. Like, I, I actually like think it's a decent idea. I like the idea of single elimination NBA games. Like, that's something that's been a lot of fun. Um, and I think it's worth a shot. It's not, it doesn't have to be etched in stone. They can get rid of it if like everyone really hates it. But it's the same thing. There was a ton of hesitation about the play-in. I think it's it was actually quite fun last season. I think it could be fun again this year. So that my, that's kind of my thing. Is like everyone hates it, and it feels like it's that's another punching bag situation. Or it's like look at this dumb idea. But I think the league is desperate. They realize that people aren't caring about the regular season games as much. They got to do something and. I can respect that, honestly. I'm pro midseason tournament, and frankly, I don't get the argument against it for all the reasons that you just said. The NBA has to evolve. Like, in yeah. the attention economy, sorry, there's just too much stuff. That's just like, the world listen, is... At, at the end of the day, they lost to football. Like, we just need to... Like, No one feels comfortable saying it for whatever reason, but like... They either need to accept that they are, like, second or third string or whatever. Like, they'll never be a spot, which is fine. It doesn't need to be. Like, the NBA is not going to go away. But, yeah, I'm with you. Like, they have to do something if they want to grow. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, the, the what Steve is, you know, pitching here is trying to essentially kill two birds in one stone in mm -hmm. his eyes with creating right. rivalries. And I don't... That is the part where I'm kind of like, I don't know if that would yeah. work in trying to create the rivalry. Right. Um, but I do well, think that we need we need to spice things up in the yeah. middle of the season. Like right now, if there was a tournament that really um, incentivized viewing, like mm -hmm. there's no incentive. Yeah. It stinks to say this. There's no real incentive to watch games in January. There just isn't and Dude, for the, I, for the I, average it's, fan. It's in, beyond that. Like... At least the incentive for people like you and me was, at some point, was we're going to watch these games so that we can collect a season's worth of data to figure out what's going to happen in the playoffs, what strategies do we like, what players are doing interesting things. That hasn't even existed for two and a half years now because the rosters are affected by COVID. Um, mm -hmm. You have 10-day guys who I'm not trying to dump on them. We like the replacement players. There's some great stories there. But they're not. They're literally not going great to be stories, on the team. Great stories. <laughs> great stories to come too, in, in yes, written form. Yeah. Just a little tease there. Yeah. yeah. But the guys who are literally not going to be on the team in two weeks, let alone in the playoffs. And yeah, like last night, I'm watching the Blazers Hawks game, and Trey Young's like going off for 56, and it's a lot of fun. But Lillard's out. McCollum's out. The Hawks are missing. <laughs> three-fifths of their starting lineup? How many starters were they missing? Um, you know, the Heat last night are playing Golden State. Their bench is entirely replacement players. Um, and it's just like, they need to do something. And, and one thing I'll say to Steve, which, by the way, it really was a good, thoughtful email, Steve. I know that it sounds like we're... It really was a good, thoughtful email, and it's cool that how much thought people are putting into stuff like this, but... You can't really manufacture rivalries. Like, the league tries to do that with division play already. And, like, it's just, like, what divisional rivalry exists? Like, no one cares about division games. No one is getting up for, like, I don't know, even, like, Lakers-Clippers no one even cares about anymore. Like, it's not like the NFL. There's never going to be, like, divisional rivalries. But I think what could 
actually spur rivalries is like, yeah, if two teams meet in a game with a million bucks on the line and one team loses, they're probably not going to like the other team very much. So I, I think that the I am actually a little bit of a fan of the midseason tournament. I think it could be a good idea. It should happen. We got to. I, I want it to happen. Yeah. Um, hopefully next season, as early as next. I don't know when the what the latest is with all that, but uh, it should it happen in some form or fashion. Absolutely. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming. And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Okay, so this is actually my favorite email that we have on today's show that I'm about to read because I think it will spur some pretty interesting debate between you and I, Rohan, for once. <laughs> I know that we're very we're very on the same page with every yeah. topic that we we address. But this one could get not contentious, but just interesting. Um it comes in from Jake. Hey guys, this is Jake from Adelaide, Australia here. Due to COVID, I have found myself extremely bored in quarantine. So bored, in fact, that I decided to bust out one of my old 2K games for my PlayStation. As you may or may not be aware, you can select all-star teams for different decades to play with. For example, the 2000s roster includes a starting five of Iverson, Kobe, LeBron, Duncan, and Shaq, while the 2010s is Steph Curry, James Harden, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and Dwight Howard. My question is, if you had to predict an all-decade team for the 2020s, who would your starting five be? For myself, I have a lineup of Luka, Devin Booker, Giannis, Bam, and Jokic. But feel free to pick that apart. Keep up the great work, and thanks for always being a great source of entertainment, Jake. So, like I said, I love this question. That's a good this is right question. up my wheelhouse. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, I. So there's just a lot of different directions we can go here. There's no right answer, of course, except for what I'm about to say. But, <laughs> Rowan, why, why don't you kick us off with um, with your five? So to me, there are three locks, and that's because of what okay. they've done to an extent and what they're going to do. So I think Giannis is a lock, I think Luka yes. is a lock, and I think Jokic is yes. a lock. Yes, the other I agree two, with all that. The other two are very are where it gets very interesting because there are a couple players here who are straddling decades that could put up enough of a run in the first half of this decade. Like if Steph wins another title, if what if Steph wins another two titles in the Steph, next five years? Oh year? wow! I, I did not even I, consider I, Steph. Right? I mean, but it, it, I don't think it's. I mean, it's possible he wins and one MVP at least in this decade. And one ring mm-hmm. and hits a ton more threes. It's very easy, I think, not easy, but plausible for him to get two rings this decade, right? If he wins in 2022. And I mean, it's more likely he gets zero, but yes. It's, I mean, it's always more likely they get zero, but I think they're the title favorite this year. Um, uh, who do you think it is? In all seriousness, who do you think it is? Oh, this is interesting. Uh, I think it's I, I think it's the Nets, to be honest. Ah, uh, that's right. I think the I think it's the Warriors, especially once they get Clay back. But I mean, also going to be a fun going to be a fun trade deadline. Going to be a fun uh, waiver wire too. I, I, think I also want to know like is there is there anything stopping from local governments like if their home team is about to play the Nets in a playoff series to say we're now introducing a vaccine mandate for athletes. 
Like, what is stopping San Francisco County or whatever, like, from doing that? Oh, the Nets let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The Nets, if there's a Game 7 at Barclays in the conference finals, they're going to change. Like, our mayor is a lunatic. I'm sorry. Like, they're going to change the rules. Also, we don't you know. Eric Adams other- will swagger through it. He'll just say we need to have the swagger. And- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, um, uh, so that's why I think the Nets are the favorite in, okay. in short. So I'm, um, I'm, I still like the Warriors more, but that's that's interesting. So I think I'm gonna put Steph on my team. I think he's gonna do it. I'm putting Steph in for at least one more MVP and one more ring this decade. I wouldn't be shocked if it was somehow. So too. S- Steph turns 34 on March 14th. So let's say and he you're gonna plays put him on the team. through. Let's say he plays through his age 38 season. That yeah. gives him through 2026, 25, 26. That's like I'm one of the best players. for. I mean, Dwight Howard's on the 2010s teams, according to 2K, uh, where he was not that good for the last half, three quarters of that decade. I mean, they probably just wanted a center on there. But, yeah, I think Steph can make it. I really think Steph can make it. I think his game is going to age well. He's in incredible shape. And his shooting is always going to exist as just this massive difference maker. So... I'm going Steph, so, Luka, Giannis, Jokic. Okay, so who's your fifth? I think this is the first time you got to leave LeBron off. Yeah. And yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's another one. Durant. I think Durant is another guy who could give me another four or five years of really high-level basketball. So, okay. I, I went in a completely different direction here. Which I did I not expect. consider players who are on the other but, side of 30 to right, but perform I mean, at a they really could, high level. I mean, you just look at guys now who are playing so well into their late 30s, whether it's Chris Paul, whether it's LeBron. Um, I, I just think that like there's a level of access they have to keeping their bodies in shape. That I mean, Durant came back from an Achilles injury and hasn't missed a beat. He's currently in his age 33 season, so he's another person who can go through what? His age 38? That's another five years? Yes. And that gets you to 2027? But what I'm banking on personally is more like the risk of Kevin Durant like Kevin Durant is battling his body, he's battling mm-hmm. natural decline. And Kevin of Durant course. is is one player who actually because of how he's built and how he plays, he's a 7-footer who shoots threes and can get a shot off whenever he wants and he doesn't rely on athleticism. He's a player who I have the, I like that case a little bit more than Steph personally. Uh-huh. Um, so me Steph is more in the immediate future if he wins two titles in the next 3 years, it's going to be really hard to leave him off the 2020s team. Okay, so I'm just going to... So I have three names that came to mind for this, and they're all pretty young, um, and all their brighter days are definitely coming up. Like, they're prime. Mm -hmm. Like, when Steph is 36, 37, these guys are going to be 26, 27, Mm -hmm. and absolutely the face I mean, of the league. Uh, look, can I, can I just throw out there who I left off? The big one who I left off? Sure. John Morant. John Morant is the guy who I, I wish is the one between him and Curry. That was the biggest one because I think Ja is in the process of taking over the NBA and he's that was the toughest one to leave off. I just think that it's like Steph could rack up some individual accolades in the next eight years that I'm not sure Morant can get to and that's not a knock on Morant it's just hard but that was the toughest one to leave off for me okay so my three for two spots because I also had Luka as a lock Giannis as a lock and Jokic as a lock um, my other one not not a lock but just he would be my next pick and I don't think this surprises anybody but it's Jason Tatum and yeah, he's just I, I you know, I don't really need to say too much about it. Super young, super good, uh going to get better. Especially once year. they One... trade Jalen Brown. I think he's gonna take off. Exactly. Thank yeah. you. Um, the Tatum the Tatum Simmons combo in twenty twenty six as 
that that's going to be a tough. That's going to be tough when they lose in the Eastern Conference Finals, but Tatum and Simmons will leave it all out on the floor in that series for sure. Tatum, THT, Malik Monk. <laughs> it's going to be devastating. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so Tatum was someone who came to my mind because when I, honestly, when I think of the younger players, mm-hmm. what is he, 23 years old? Yeah. Like, he just has the, the like the, the runway for him through the next decade for him yeah, to be the face just, of the league or one of the faces right. of the league. He's going to be an all-star every season. He's going to make multiple all-NBA teams. He's going to probably win a scoring title. Uh, you know, he'll be an MVP candidate. So perennially, hopefully, if things go right for him. So that's that's uh, that was the next pick for me. And not a lot because I can totally see debate for that one. Um then, then the last slot, I had two players who I see as being so fascinatingly like one is the East Coast version of the other, and mm-hmm. one of them is Ja, as you said, um, who's just re- absolutely tearing the NBA apart right now. I think and he's you love pound for pound the most fun player to watch in the NBA right now. He's jaw-droppingly excellent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's really, if you saw the Nets game, someone, one of our listeners DM'd me during the game to ask if I was um, present at Barclays and wanted to switch places with me. I was not <laughs> at Barclays, but uh, I was watching that one on my on my couch, and the full court dunk that he had was just like insane. Just like dude. man, like Pure he is. Phil. Oh god, he's so much fun. I love him so much. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, there was another player last night who scored 56 points. Uh, who's on this streak of like twenty-five point games? What is it? Like, is fifteen straight games? I think it's something mm-hmm. ridiculous. But it's Trey Young, and th- these two players, I cannot parse apart. They are so similar mm. in so many different ways. They are the franchise point guards for their team. They are traditionally sized for their position. Defense is their weakness. Um, neither team has a clear second star. They have a lot of really good complementary pieces mm-hmm. around them. Uh, and it's just, it, it is this super fascinating one. I can't, I, I can't pick one over the other. I have written, written down here, John Moran slash Trey Young. I don't know gotta, which direction to go. What do you got? You, first of all, first of all, Adam Silver is like getting hives right now thinking about a Hawks Grizzlies NBA Finals. <laughs> he's, he's breaking out. <laughs> Secondly, there's no slash, Mike. There's no slash, Mike. You got to pick. No, no, I know. I was, classic. I was, I, okay. No, I want. I want you to try to help me. I know you picked Ja. I see. Like, why? Why is Ja so? When I say Trey, are you like, oh, that's a really no, smart no, point? No, Trey, and I no, can't no, Trey. Pick either, Trey, or do I think Ja is clearly the answer? Trey is a really good pick. I think the degree of difficulty's been a little bit higher for. Jaw, just the slightest bit. I think both, like you mentioned, have really good complementary pieces. I think that um, Atlanta just has the benefit of a couple more vets. Um, You know, they had a fortuitous path to the conference finals last year. Not that fortuitous. I mean, beating that Sixers team was an accomplishment, despite what was going on with Simmons. Um, That's a tough one. I just think that, like... It might just come down to personal preference. I really like Ja. His ability to finish at the rim is nuts. If I had to bet long term, I think Ja has a better chance to become a competent or average defender. I like that. I like the way Ja can finish at the rim. Obviously, Trey's got the floater, but I think Ja's three point shot is coming along enough that he's going to become. He's going to have dunks. He's going to have finishing in traffic. He's going to have drawing fouls. He's going to have a floater. He's going to have the lefty scoop. He's going to have the mid-range. He's going to have the three. That is one where you're splitting hairs, truly. But I think I like Jaw a tiny bit more. There's no wrong answer. I don't know what to say to that. Uh, I guess for, like, the fun of this exercise, I'll pick Trey. Um, But, like... Yeah, I don't. I'm not like super confident about that. Yeah. Um. I think, like, you know, some of the shots. I don't know if you watched that Hawks Blazers game, and we're about to talk oh, about the Blazers. Nuts. So. Oh, it was nuts! I, I, like, the threes he was hitting, man. It was. 
he it's like they use switch at the logo because yes. you have to yes and he just pulls up over larry nance yeah. and it's just like it was absurd. oh my goodness this guy absurd. yeah he was like uh yeah it's really interesting because i think obviously that's a really great team that you've picked but it's going to come down to like can the staffs and durants front load enough success in the in the first and middle part of this decade to keep them on the team i think it's going to be really interesting to see to compare where all those people have ended up years from now because i do think like someone like steph i get it like but we're already in 2022 and i think that he could get four great years left um and that could be enough so it's going to be really interesting but it is also it's weird to think about this exercise because obviously like lebron's been in the nba for most of our lives um it's weird to think that there's going to be a time when LeBron, Durant, Steph, all those guys are not in the league or not the faces of the league. And obviously, like, there's really, really good talent and really great players. But I don't know. Since about 2003, we've really been just kind of blessed with this era of talent in the NBA. And mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting because as much as we like to say that it never happens, there are lulls. There are lulls in just kind of you know, the star talent in this league. But, I, I mean, I think Giannis, obviously, Jokic, obviously, Ja. I mean, there are guys who can hopefully ca- carry the torch and uh, keep the greatness going. I mean, I think they will. There's yeah. We didn't even mention Zion because of his injury yeah. hi- history. Right. Uh, he could be the best of the bunch. Um, Gabe there's Vincent. two players. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. yeah. That, that jersey will be, I think, like his retirement ceremony, his jersey retirement ceremonies for sometime in February, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's Just right. get that yeah, email yeah. from Heat PR. Um, <laughs> there's two uh, players who were mentioned by Jake, uh, Devin Booker and Bam Adebayo. Did you consider either for this exercise? Uh, Not so much. I mean, I think Bam could be second team all decade, certainly. I just don't think you can put him ahead of... Giannis or Jokic. Um, Booker's an interesting one. I'm interested to see what he does if and when uh, he's no longer playing with Chris Paul. Uh, and obviously he played he had two great games in the finals, really good in the playoffs, happy for his success. I just think that, yeah, his highs I don't think of been as, I don't know. I, Devin Booker's someone who I think will be in the mix. I think he's in the mix, but... He wasn't on my team. He did have two 40-point yeah, games he was in the finals. Spectacular in the that's, finals. That's high. A, yeah, a point that I brought up when we were doing our top 100, and you were like, that's not a big deal to me. I don't recall that at all. The other <laughs> player who I would mention here is Donovan Mitchell, who I think it's mm. – uh, Overlooked for some, I, he's having yeah. such a ridiculous season, dude. Man. I thought so every good. time I watch Donovan, I'm like, we put him too low in our top 100. Um, he's so good. And last night he went it was like 11 of 19, 29 points. And after the game, he's like, Herb Young played really good defense. Like I was impressed. Like he's just a cool dude, like good guy, um, great attitude. And in all seriousness, I'll say this about Utah. Like I think it's so important for the league to have success stories in denver memphis utah like it's great uh what those teams are doing and what the stars there, their attitudes um he's so good man he's so good there are just nights when it's not quite like trey but there's nights when he's there's just no way to defend him in the pick and roll there's just not um and yeah, he's, really, he's, really more effi- yeah. he's one of the few i think he's more efficient still out of the pick and roll than trey which is really saying something um so, is there are there any others? I'm trying to think. Like you, you, you went, you skewed older, and some of the players that I tried I'm to have a mix. Who, I tried to have a mix. Right, there's some who are late. I mean, 20s. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. I was about to say. Yeah. Ad Joel Embiid. Is that just injury stuff that you're kind of steering away from those two? That's the thing is Embiid. I you just you never know. I for, I hope he's one of my favorite players to watch. I hope that he continues to stay healthy. I hope that the Sixers try to put a winning team around him. AD is just the highs and lows with AD have been so frustrating to watch. Um, he just hasn't looked like the same guy since the bubble. And, you know, this really felt like the year he was going to become the best player. I think some people have thought he was the best player on the team, but it felt like he was going to kind of 
really take the reins and it just hasn't happened and I hope to see it because he's so talented and yeah I just I mean I wouldn't take him obviously over Giannis or Jokic I mean both those guys have MVPs so that's another part of it is just both those guys have MVPs and Embiid and Davis do not yeah that that's a that's a really good point as well um okay I mean I think we did a good job here my team is Luka Giannis Jokic Tatum Trey yours is Luka Giannis Jokic Curry Durant is that or or Curry Durant okay that's fun I think I'm yeah I'm gonna be on the right side of history but that's neither here nor there this was a very I I genuinely think like over the next five years who do you think is gonna have more success Durant or Tatum Five years, Durant or Tatum? Great question. Um, individual success? Both. Or team individual, success? individual or team. But Kevin Durant's currently in the argument for best player on earth. Um, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, but over the next five... So, I mean, you said the next five years, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's like... Age 35 KD versus age 25, 26 Tatum. I'm taking Tatum. And then from there, one player is going up and the other player is going down. I'm just saying, I know that not everyone is LeBron, but I think LeBron has been better than Tatum this year. I mean... I haven't really thought too hard about that. Right. I don't think Tatum's been. I haven't thought too hard. I don't. I don't think that it's not that Tatum's been bad. It's just that we're talking about like, you know, two top fifteen guys. And LeBron is thirty seven. Just turned thirty eight. So, um, yeah. It's. I'm just saying. It's. It's not implausible to me that Durant's better for the next five years. And it's can he amass enough success in that time to make and put him on the All Decade team. Yes, it is a fascinating, uh, fascinating exercise. Thank you so much for this yeah. email, Jake. This was a lot of fun. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I want to close now with an email from Colin that is basically going to double as the... Rip City Royston report. So our, our producer Shelby, get ready. Um, it's been a minute. Everyone's clamoring for the Rip City Royston report. It's all anyone talks about. No one cares about the normal podcast anymore. No, they don't. They fast forward to yeah. this, the juicy yeah. stuff right now. So this comes in from Colin who writes, hey guys, the Blazers are a complete train wreck. <laughs> but am I the only one who thinks this is a good thing? In fact, I think bottoming out is the best course of action this team could possibly make. Another year of losing in the first round is something this franchise can't afford. Getting a top pick gives them some sort of trade asset or the opportunity to draft another franchise player. Just imagine if they tanked last year and got Evan Mobley instead of losing in six to the Denver Nuggets. Let me know what you all think about a Blazers tankathon palooza. Colin, thank you so much uh, for this email. This is terrific. Uh, before I throw it to you, Shelby, I just want to say that Portland has a 2022 first-round pick headed to Chicago that is lottery-protected. So tanking is is definitely 
a good idea, I would say. And they are currently, I think, 14 and 22 with the seventh best odds at a top four pick. So, Shelby, are you are you are you hoping that the Blazers turn this season around and get in the play in and maybe make some noise that way with with Dame and CJ healthy? Or are you like, just please lose games, draft someone good? Uh, I mean, how much does a a draft pick help you? Unless it's like a top three. Like, how bad are we going to tank here? I mean, and then like CJ, he's been out. Half the team's been out for like five, six games due to COVID. Even one of their uh, 10-day guys got COVID in a a huge L for him. Uh, And, uh, you know, Dame at the beginning of the season suffered the same fate. Is Julius Randle, because of you guys and all your how nasty you were to him during the off season. That I mean, he they hear that stuff. Every, every that's gonna affect them. If like you weren't doing the podcast well, and then you had a great episode, and then I went, oh yeah, let's see if you uh, do it the the great episode next week. Doubt it. It's not likely. Wouldn't that kind of affect you going into the next show? Like. It's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> and third, uh, Michael, are you familiar with the concept of karma? <laughs> Rohan, obviously, you are. I, I am. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. A quarter zip pullover, you know. I've ever after all the the support I've given the team over the years. I was there when they shipped off four starters. I believe they could still make the playoffs. The next season, they were like the three seed with a Plumlee, a Harkless, a Farouk Aminu. I was right there with them. It was, I was not surprised. I've, I've, never, I've never doubted Terry Stotts. His play calling, I was all there with him. I never criticized Olshay. One, because I have enough going on in my life, and two, I don't really know what a general manager even does. <laughs> and then I come on this m- huge show, uh, millions of listeners True. a week, and I, I, I say I believe in this team, I believe in this city, I believe in everybody in the organization. All I would want in return is a performance fleece from Nike. When I wake up in the morning, Michael, how cold is it outside right now? In New York? How cold is it, Mike? It's very cold. It's very, very cold. It's like thirty degrees. I wake up so early on the like eleven a.m. when we record this show. I'm freezing. I go to feed my cat. <sighs> I'm so cold. I mean, the the right the, the the move for a team to do maybe a Detroit Pistons, a Houston Rockets would be to get in bed with Shell, <laughs> send me some merch, bring me to your team. I'll be arm in arm with maybe Cade Cunningham or Jalen Green and Christian Wood. So, There's a lot of moves that could be made if the show trade. So you're willing to you're willing to throw it all away with the Blazers because of their refusal to give you one of the quarter zips they were on the sidelines. One of the coaches that they yeah. wear, yeah. I mean, at this point, you have to. It's like, oh well, do we blow up the team? Do we? trade for Ben Simmons in my league do I mm, do I trade I myself see, I see. so you're you're for sale Shelby <laughs> yeah. is what you're announcing right now I am now there's got to be people around the league that listen maybe Oklahoma City Thunder <laughs> anybody let's make make me an offer that I can't refuse I wow. cannot top any of this. So what a twist. What a is... twist for the Rip City Royston report. It, it, it is. And frankly, you know, where do we even go from here? If yeah. Do we have to change the name of this segment if yeah. they do not The comply? Motor City Royston report doesn't have quite the same ring to it. I know you're a big alliteration fan. 
The Motor City, Motor City Royston <laughs> Memorandum. <laughs> okay, I take it back. We got a new name already. Um, all right, that, that's a big, big TBD on all of that. Yeah. But uh, Shelby, thank you so much for gracing us with your presence and your insight. This was terrific. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Rohan, for everything, for just for being yourself. Really <laughs> love it. Appreciate it. Our listeners yeah. do as well. And thank you so much to the listeners. Everyone, please keep the emails coming. Openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Everyone, please stay safe. Everyone, please continue to enjoy the NBA season. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.